Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. This is episode 82 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and I am joined by Daniel Sancato and Ryan Curly Para, running down the featured free agent signings on the NFC side pertinent to fantasy football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Boys, how we doing? Doing great. Halfway, halfway there. One more half to go. It's marathon, marathon episode, man. There was, there's just so much going on, you know, I, I, going into this, I I figured we could knock out one previous, uh, or, you know, one kind of longer podcast, but Frankly, there's just, I mean, again, we didn't even go over half of the players that were actually moved. These are just fantasy guys. So I really, really encourage all listeners to listen to our full-length episode that's basically just me not talking much about each transaction, just running through each transaction for each team, offense, defense, and otherwise. Listen to that one, and then also listen back to our previous episode, which is the AFC-focused one, um, with the three big names, AB, uh, Odell Beckham, and Lev, as well as the rest of the AFC transactions. And make sure you get all of this information in early in the season so that when you go into draft season, you really uh, understand and can kind of pay attention to where the chips fall here. But while we get, uh, before we get into it, guys, I had a quick unrelated question for football really quick to, to break it up. We've been talking a lot of football lately. Quickly, who is your favorite Seinfeld character outside of the main cast. So George, Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer are off the table. You've got the fifth pick in the Seinfeld draft. Who are you going with? Uh, Daniel, we're going to give you the fifth pick. George, Jerry, Elaine, and Kramer are the top four picks. They're off the board. 
and you have the first pick here at the five position in the Seinfeld characters. I mean, I, I feel like I'm kind of cheating at this point, but but I feel like I got to go with Frank Costanza. I mean, I don't think there's anybody <laughs> I don't think there's anybody in the Seinfeld cast that has made me very nearly pee myself that <laughs> than, than Frank Costanza has. Um, so so, yeah, I think to me that that's kind of a cop out because he's as far as I'm concerned, he's as integral to that show as the more the, the big four. But I'll go ahead and say it anyway. He finds, the, he finds the tinsel distracting. Yes. <laughs> That's why he created Festivus. As I <laughs> rained blows upon him, I said, there has to be another way. <laughs> what was he going? He was like getting a, a Georgia a doll. doll. A doll, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, there's just too many. I guess, I guess you have to go with Newman, not just because of his character, but because what he adds to jerry's character newman newman was going to be my pick so if you're not going to go with him i probably will yeah yeah i gotta <laughs> go with newman just because he brings like a 10th dimension to jerry's character and it's just it, it, i love seeing those two go at each other fair enough okay well man that kind of puts me in a rough spot uh those are my top two my top two picks there um i'm gonna go a little a little off off the richter here and i think i'm just gonna have to go with the legendary um, kind of an old season veteran, kind of a, a you know one trick pony, and that's the soup Nazi. Um, you know, I mean, he, he kind of he's kind of a Deshaun Jackson. You know, it's it's boom or bust. But when he booms, he goes hard, and I, I really I really like that. I'd also like to throw out a couple uh, deep sleepers in uh, Uncle Leo. I think he's a, a great uh, <laughs> a great sleeper there, and uh, Lloyd Braun, of course. Um, all of Jerry's various girlfriends, uh, Mr. Pitt. Um, there's just many, many options, obviously, you know, burner. Oh, oh, of course. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and honestly, now that I think about it, I might retort, uh, to, uh, putty, um, because for all uh, of us, you got to support the team, right? I mean, you have to team. support the team. So, um, anyway, okay, cool. Well, that was a great, uh, first edition of the Seinfeld draft. We'll get back to that later on, but for right now, let's talk some NFL football, some fantasy football. We're in the AFC side of things, guys. Let's get back into the second realm here. We know not why, but I'll be with you when the deal goes down. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Breaking news from the NFL, a blockbuster involving Odell Beckham Jr. Gettleman is proving to be a terrible GM, and this was an idiotic move. That's the stupidest idea I ever heard. The New York Jets signed free agent running back Le'Veon Bell. AB tweeting a picture of himself in a Raiders uniform. AB won, and the Raiders won, and the Steelers lost. Huge. I'm pissed off, and I'm going to say it. I can't believe that the Steelers made this move. What were you thinking? What was going on in your mind? We're going to start in the NFC East with the Eagles, who made all sorts of moves uh, this year. Of course, they, uh, they get rid of Foles. Out of town, they still have about 11 running backs, but nobody's excited about any of them. They still might sign a running back by the time you hear this episode. But for right now, let's talk about Deshaun Jackson returning to Philadelphia, where he had his glory days with Mike Vick, of course, a handful of years ago before heading over to Washington and then Tampa Bay. The Eagles trade for wide receiver Deshaun Jackson and a 2020 seventh round pick from the Bucks for a 2019 sixth rounder. Uh, Curly, how do you feel about Deshaun Jackson returning to brotherly love? 
Yeah, it, it's a good add. I think I'm more, exci- more excited about Wentz's value now than Deshaun mm. Jackson. I think, uh, I think, yeah, Deshaun Jackson, I think he'll be a good late round guy and, you know, a good flex guy where you can put in um, during certain matchups. Definitely not like an every week flex guy, but uh, he could put up some huge weeks uh, in certain matchups. But, but yeah, I think this is great for Wentz and, and Wentz is definitely one of my uh, comeback players next season for sure. Well, like it. Daniel? I, I, I actually like this move, and I, I like it for Deshaun Jackson as well. Um, I think he's, he's – I mean, the thing with him, as always, he's not a good bet to make it through the season entirely healthy. Um, but he was sh- quietly incredibly good last year when he was on the field. I mean, he, he had five touchdowns and just 47 touches. He averaged like 19 yards per reception. Um, and he's, I think, seemingly their very clear number two perimeter receiver. He'll work alongside Alshon Jeffrey. Aguilar will line the slot. And they have, you know, Ertz and, and Goddard uh, working on the inside. I, I think there's a, there's a real opportunity for Jackson to work himself into, into a real role for them. I think he starts the season as kind of a somewhat of a back-end flex option. But I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if he worked his way into a, an every-week wide receiver three kind of role. Again, Obviously, this is contingent on him staying healthy, which is far from a sure bet. Um, but as long as he's on the field, I think, I think he actually ends up turning out real real fantasy value this year. Wow. Okay. I, I've never really been a, uh, a Deshaun Jackson lover personally. Um, I'm not super crazy about it. I don't hate your guys' points. I think you both make valid points. I personally just think, uh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey – um, is is going to be the dude as long as he can. The tight ends, of course. And Deshaun Jackson, sure, he can be great, but um, I'm a little bit worried about the boom-bust stuff. And I just – I'm never really attracted to those players in general. But he does like Philadelphia. It was good. It's a great fit for him to get back in there and assume Wentz – assuming Wentz can play fucking 14 games at least, uh, he should be just fine because Carson Wentz has been incredible uh, the two seasons before he's gotten hurt. So if he can put a full season behind him, I think Deshaun Jackson is a good signing. I'm just not super thrilled about it for fantasy purposes, considering um, his his upside and and uh, you know his injury history as well. I just I don't like those kind of guys uh, personally. And, and his age and his age now too. He's he's yeah, 32, 32 now. So. Sure. Right. Uh, the defense uh, also had a ton of upgrades. I'm not going to get into them, but they signed um, they signed a handful of, of guys. And I think another offensive had nothing to do with fantasy, but it does help Carson Wentz. And they re-signed uh, Jason Peters, uh, their left tackle, who's who's a fucking mammoth. Um, dude's a beast. And uh, they got him back for another year. So I think that helps a lot for Carson Wentz uh, on his uh, blind side there. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the uh, Washington team. Um, of course, Al Smith uh, is going to be seemingly out for 2019. I, I don't know if it's official, but a return for him e- ever would shock me. But certainly this year, I don't think that's the case. They bring in Case Keenum, traded in from the Broncos. They bring in Case Keenum for a 2027th round pick for the Broncos' 2026th round pick. This doesn't move the needle for me at all. Um, the Titans, the Dolphins, and the Redskins are offenses that I'm steering away from pretty much entirely, with the exception of maybe one player from each team. Um, but I don't, I don't like this at all. They also re-sign uh, Adrian Peterson, future Hall of Famer, of course. He gets another two-year deal. Him and Frank Gore keep trucking. Shouts to them. Um, of course, that's smart, bringing him back to let Darius Geis catch his legs uh, before he gets running. But um, Nothing really moves the needle for me in Washington. Any of you guys? 
Yeah, no, I think I think you know Adrian Peterson. I, I see this as kind of similar to what the Vikings had with Latavius Murray last year, uh, where I think Adrian Peterson will have some real value at the very beginning of the year, and then he definitely ran out of steam as that year went on, and and that should be just in the you know right right amount right time to, for Darius guys to be getting into some more significant workloads. So so it's not a bad move on their part. Um, in general, though, outside of those two guys, there is nobody on the Redskins to be even a little bit excited about. Uh, this upcoming year. Right. Yeah. It seems like that Alex Smith contract and injury really, really, really hardcore hit the Redskins and they're kind of like in emergency recovery mode right now. I think the, the case Keenum grab, I think that was pretty, pretty good on their part to just, like I said, emergency recovery. Um, but yeah, I'm, I agree. Redskins are definitely one of those teams where I'm, I'm not drafting much guys off. Uh, for fantasy purposes, there's a chance too that the the Redskins. Sorry, Daniel, to cut you off. No, the Redskins are probably in the running to grab a rookie quarterback as well. Um, right. In which case, Case Keenum might just be in there for the first six weeks um, and and phase him out. A- AP, you know, assuming he stays healthy, will probably be in there for four to six weeks, eight weeks to see if Darius guys can come back uh, to full health. But we'll see what happens there with him, obviously, for the transfer. But um, I actually like the defensive signings uh, for the Redskins with Landon Collins and. Uh, um, DRC, uh, Dominique Rogers, Carmarty, but I'm not really stoked on the offense in general. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Let's move into Dallas. Dallas doesn't do much uh, over the off season, but they do bring in veteran Randall Cobb from the Packers on a one-year $5 million deal. Uh, Randall Cobb has been up and down, but if he's healthy, I think he's a good fit to fill in for Cole Beasley, who is now in Buffalo. I think this improves Dak's stock more than, um, Randall Cobb himself, personally, not super stoked on Randall Cobb uh, per se, but I think this boosts Amari Cooper and uh, Dak Prescott actually. Yeah, I guess. yeah. This is very this is very similar to what we just talked about with Deshaun Deshaun Jackson and Wentz. Um, I agree. I think it's good for Dak for sure. But you know, the the number two wide receiver on this Dallas team has not been relevant in fantasy the past handful of years with Dak, the past few years with Dak. So. Uh, I expect the same. It'll be, it'll be, uh, you know, uh, irrelevant number two, uh, number two wide receiver there. Yeah. I, I feel like the, the Cowboys are going to have to to bring in somebody. I, I mean, in my opinion, I know that Randall Cobb is the bigger name, but I think Beasley has arguably been better over the past few years than Randall Cobb has. I agree actually. Uh, so I think that this is actually something of a downgrade. Um, I, I, I feel like they could use another, I know that, you know, Amari Cooper's the man and he's going to have a huge role and all that, but I would love to see them get, to get another weapon or two. Um, I just don't, I, I, I do I see this as basically a lateral move for them or maybe even a, a downgrade. Um, so, so I'd love to see them to, to see something else happen. No, it, it's kind of sidestepping from our, our topic here of talking about just the free agents, but how, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about this as the, for the general offense, you know, taking, taking some heat off of, off of Zeke helping Dak and, and Amari Cooper and, and all these other things with, you know, Randall Cobb isn't amazing. He doesn't, He's a shell of himself, battling a ton of injuries, and he obviously had his career year in 2014. hasn't been much since then, but he's still a tactical slot receiver who's going to garner attention over the middle. Um, it, it can't, it can't hurt Dak per se. I mean, how do you guys feel about Dak and Amari in general? Yeah, I think it's good. It definitely opens it up because you, you, you know, you have to figure that teams are going to be keen on Amari and, and Zeke. Uh, since those are pretty much the only weapons that Dak has around him. So yeah, it's a good signing to, to open things up for those other guys for sure. Daniel, you mentioned, you mentioned bringing in somebody else. Are you not, uh, are you not confident on Michael Gallup taking a step up this year? 
Well, that's a fair point. Uh, I mean, I, I do like Michael Gallup. I, I, you know, I think he does have the potential to take to take a big step forward. But there's a lot of unknowns there. He really didn't carve out really any type of real role for himself in, in, his, in uh, this past year. Um, we'll see. I, 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 I'm not 100% convinced yet, but you're right and that he does have quite a bit of upside. Um, so it's definitely not, you know, they, they could be in for, for, for bigger things this year, but I still think, um, I don't know, I, part of me thinks they can, they can capitalize more off of the momentum that they have right now with Dak playing well later in the year and, of course, Amari Cooper becoming elite. Um, so I, I, I just see, I see, you know, I would like to see some more, some more moves for them possibly. Okay. I just, the main thing is I'd like to see an upgrade in that slot. I guess they're going to be content with Cobb, but I, I think that that's, that's a bad move on their part. Got it. And, and before we move on to the giants, I think, I think really what fantasy owners want to know is, is does this hurt Jason Witten's value? I don't know. Okay, moving on. Let's go to the Giants. <laughs> I don't know what to do at this point. Uh, I, I was, I was, I was definitely kidding. Definitely kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Jay Jay Witten coming home to to try to uh, get back some of his records that the rest of these tight ends are going to fucking shatter. Um, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, he is he is still in in the game. So actually, I really like Dak, man. I think he is. I won't say loaded, but definitely. I think it's his best core that he's had so far on offense. So I think that's going to help out a lot. And I, I kind of like the, I kind of like the Cowboys growing up a Niners fan. I don't root for the Cowboys, but fantasy wise, I think they definitely have a handful of assets. Speaking of fantasy assets, let's talk about the giants. Boom. The giants pay Eli Manning $5 million in a roster bonus. Instead what? of keeping <laughs> Odell Beckham jr. Good for that. For what? What did they for for doing? He's for a good just clubhouse guy. Eli? <laughs> what are the Giants? The, the, He's a good clubhouse guy. What's the problem? God, the Giants and the Raiders really oh. have, and, and the Broncos. They really have no idea what the hell they're doing. Bro, do they? I got. I got to say. I mean, the Raiders are, are a fucking dumpster fire for sure. But the Raiders are not the fucking Giants, bro. This shit yeah. is ugly. The Raiders, the Raiders are, are trying. The <laughs> like, I agree. The, the Giants and the Broncos, they have no idea what they're doing. The Raiders, they have a, a tidbit idea. <laughs> they still, but there's, it's still bad over there. Well, maybe, uh, maybe Eli will, just like our, our pal Joe Flacco, maybe Eli is also just entering his prime. That, hey, that would, that would definitely <laughs> explain this. I just, I personally don't see it. Um, they, they do bring in Golden Tate, who I was going to bring up earlier when, when uh, Daniel, you made a point that uh, you, you thought that m- there might actually be a boost for um, Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram potentially with Odell out of town. Yeah. This signing in particular was a fucking head scratcher, dude. Golden, yeah. I don't hate Golden Tate as a player, but yeah. Golden Tate is an older version of what Sterling Shepard's supposed to be. They no longer have Odell Beckham. Neither one of these guys is is close to Odell. Um, I mean, you know, like Golden Tate's a perfect signing for Eli's arm because he's just another Edelman to Brady. <laughs> like that makes sense. Yeah. But this is not this is not like a, a positive football move for your franchise with an aging veteran who didn't even get to fucking play when he got traded last year to the Eagles, which is another head scratcher. They bring him in for four years at thirty seven and a half million dollars, which is no chump change. Uh, Golden Tate never scored many touchdowns. He leads the league in in yards after catch over the last five years, which is a cool stat, I guess. But, I mean, I'm not excited about this on fantasy. I've got him right now as a wide receiver four or five at best, uh, Golden Tate, and I'm 
outside of Saquon Barkley, maybe Evan Ingram. I'm not drafting anybody on the on the Giants. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm a little bit – I mean, I agree with you about the signing from a, from a real football perspective. It's a head-scratcher. Not only, not only is, it, is it weird to, to, to you know, spend a bunch of money on, on you know, an aging possession receiver, but he and Sterling Shepard are kind of the same player. Like, they both, they both run a majority of their routes from the slot, so they're going to have to figure out what their kind of – I think figuring out who their primary slot receiver is going to be is actually going to be important for weekly matchup in fantasy. It doesn't really matter, I guess, right now. They also got Corey Coleman hanging around. Um, I, I, I feel like Golden Tate might actually work his way into some decent fantasy value. You know what he is at this point. He's a PPR monster. He is going to, I think, continue to catch a lot of passes. I know that it didn't work out for him in Philadelphia, but that was always a really bad fit for him. Um, I think, you know, he doesn't have a lot of touchdown upside. I agree. He's at best kind of like a distant flex option in, in most leagues. But I still think he'll, he'll continue to do his Golden Tate thing, which is kind of lot, catch a lot of passes and stay on the field. I think that's one thing that's been underrated about Golden Tate is that he's a workhorse. He never gets hurt, um, even though he is uh, on the wrong side of 30 now. I still think he, you know, is a good bet to play, you know, pretty much every week um, and come, in, come into a decent number of targets. So I'm not anti-Golden Tate in this situation per se, and I do agree that he's kind of a good fit for what Eli Manning is right now. Um, so, so I'm not, I'm not as negative as you, but yeah, you definitely aren't drafting him for upside. No doubt. Yeah. I'm not going to be drafting him at all, but, um, yeah, I, I think, I think it does raise Ingram stock a little bit because he's pretty much the only deep threat now. Um, I mean, he's a tight end, so he's not, a, he, he does run quite a bit of deep routes for a tight end and he does have, um, some good speed. So. Uh, like Sky said, I think Ingram is the only guy that I would consider drafting, but I'm just really confused. And I, Eli is one of my least favorite quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I, I'm not even comfortable drafting Saquon anymore. I was really excited about him, but I'm just, I'm just confused. And, and I just don't, man, I'm, I'm just really worried about this whole team, <laughs> the whole offense and fantasy. Well, the, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to, and, gonna and honestly, like, you know, everyone's blaming the GM, David, Dave Gettleman, which they should be because he's a fucking moron, in my opinion. Um, but he's about to get fired, yeah. like, in two years. That's not supposed to happen. Right. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Anyway, it just it, – it is it is odd. Uh, and I think just to your point earlier, Curly, about the Giants kind of burning down the house and rebuilding, a Golden Tate signing at that money at this point of his career is not a rebuilding move. That's, it's that's a patchwork not, yeah. move. Yeah, it's terrible. Exactly. Like, like, like – why not just go get like Jordy Nelson, Jordy Nelson instead, and just have like a name and and a possession guy and whatever, um, and not you know pay pay Jordy Nelson a third of that kind of money. It just anyway, it doesn't make sense, man. I know I'm kind of hating on Golden Tate. I don't hate Golden Tate as a as a player. I don't like the position at all. I think him and Sterling Shepard are going to eat each other, which is never good in fantasy. You're never going to know who's going to have the bigger game. Um, and I think Sterling Shepard ultimately has more upside in general, uh, which I just drives me away from Golden Tate. Um, so anyway, again, we're talking too much about a shitty team. We'll move on here uh, with the Vikings. Not much here. Uh, they they re-sign uh, Amir Abdullah, who came over from um, the Lions, which isn't really a fantasy thing. I just wanted to bring his name up uh, because Dalvin Cook is is kind of perennially hurt so far in his career. Could be an interesting name if anything happens, but I think Amir Abdullah's uh, ship has sailed. I just want to bring up his name to fantasy. I mean, you know, what, three, four years ago, Amir Abdullah was like 
the late round darling of every fantasy draft for two years and he never did shit, but the pedigree was there coming out of uh, Nebraska, I believe. Um, so anyway, I just want to bring up his name uh, there, but we'll move on to the Packers who re-signed Geronimo Allison to a one-year deal. They also pick up linebackers, Zadarius Smith, which I really like for the Packers. They're coming over from the Ravens. Let's talk about Geronimo Allison though. Um, I am super stoked. Uh, I personally love Geronimo Allison. I think he's the surefire number two, at least to start the season uh, behind, of course, um, Devonte Adams. They've got a bunch of young receivers right behind Geronimo Allison chomping at the bit, but I think Geronimo will get the initial look as the number two receiver, and we've seen a number of guys, including Randall Cobb over the years, be the number two uh, in Aaron Rodgers' offense and really shine. And uh, Geronimo was great his rookie season. He did well in the first couple of games last year before he got hurt for the rest of the season. Um, I think Geronimo Allison's going to get forgotten about honestly. And I think in the 10, 12 uh, round, he could be, um, I, I could see him ending the season. If everything runs right as like a low wide receiver two, wide receiver three, potentially, and you might be able to get him in the 10th plus round. So I personally really like it. Yeah. I, I think people are forgetting about him right now, but I think he'll heat back up as we get closer and closer to mm-hmm. fantasy draft season. Um, so yeah, he's going to be a, he's going to be one of the more pop, more popular sleeper dudes for sure. Uh, for me, I, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, same thing as last year. A little bit riskier now since he kind of sat out with injuries last year. And there are so many, you know, similar guys to him. There's a lot of similar young talent around him. So it's just like whoever heats up first for Rodgers, that's going to be the number two. So it, it's hard to say if it's going to be Allison, but it, it, I guess he has the first shot. At I think the right big now. thing the big thing that, that, gives me, that gives me hope is that – Something that uh, I think all the the talking heads on the the you know media's bring up is that Aaron Rodgers needs to have his camaraderie. You know he, he needs to have that connection with the receivers, totally. and he didn't have totally. it last year with all of the rookies when everybody got hurt. And and Jimmy exactly. Graham was new, and that's why I mean Devonte Adams is a fucking machine anyway. But that's why he got every single target and every touchdown because they had no they couldn't figure out their running backs. They had four rookie receivers. They had a tight end who was hurt and didn't have the rapport with uh, Rodgers. I think Geronimo is that guy that has the most rapport right now. So coming back, I really like him, and I, I, he's he'll he'll fall into one of my one of my preseason categories. Whether it's a bounce back, a sleeper, deep sleeper. Um, you know, whatever he'll be on, he'll be on one of my categories, I'm sure. But I, I really, I really like him. There was talks that he was going to leave Green Bay, is why I'm bringing this up. But they did decide to bring him back, which I think is a great trust in him and a re-signing, and and hopefully, uh, Aaron put in the good word for him. But we'll move on to the Lions. The Lions re-sign Zach Zenner, uh, who hasn't been much for fantasy, but I wanted to bring him up and just see test the waters with you guys. Do you have any concern about Carry On's role here? No, I do not. I don't. I'm. I don't believe in Zach Center. I mean, I know he kind of like came on at the end and aver- actually did was decent. Uh, I think he averaged almost five yards per carry late last year. But I don't know. He's a 28 year old. Despite showing a little bit of flash at the end of last year, we kind of know what he is at this point. He's perennial sort of backup. Uh, you know, running back material. Um, he's not somebody like the ever so obnoxious LeGarrette Blunt who's going to come on and vulture touchdown. <laughs> um, I think Carry On's the man this year. I think he's. I think he's going to car. I mean, again, we always have to. We always have to kind of squint a little bit and 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 worry about Matt Patricia and how the hell he's going to utilize 
his running game because he obviously did not succeed in that regard last year. But I'm hopeful that that they'll learn from their mistakes and, and let carry on uh, kind of un, unleash carry on Johnson a little bit more this year. In any event, I, I don't think if if there is gonna if they do sign somebody else, then maybe I'll I'll be a little bit more concerned. But I don't think Zach Zenner is a is a concern. Right. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I'm not concerned at all about Zach Center, especially since carry on, you know, nobody's expecting him to be a workhorse, especially with last year. And he said, I'm not a workhorse and all that stuff. Um, I think he'll just be a, a little bit of a, a compliment to mix in there. I'm not concerned about Zenner, but I am very concerned about Patricia and his <laughs> play calling and his, just his ability to be a freaking coach. So like that team was a mess last year. They showed some signs of really good defense and some upset games, but I don't know, man. It's, it's a really confusing team, and it was ugly at times, and not much confidence there for me drafting any of these guys for fantasy purposes. Fair enough. They do have a uh, new offensive coordinator who's Daryl Bevel, um, and they got they got rid of a right. uh, good old Jim Bob Cooter. Um, I, I right. really like this signing. I mentioned on a previous podcast um, that I really like this, uh, this hire here with um, – Daryl Bevel, who with the Vikings and the Seahawks had them perennially in the top of the leagues and the, the rushing play calling to the receiving play calling was um, severely skewered toward, you know, the, the running side. So I like this for, for carry on Johnson. I don't think that's going to hurt him at all. Um, They brought in another signing was wide receiver, uh, Danny Amendola, who we don't need to talk about much, but basically he's filling, the golden tape position that didn't get filled last year. Of course you have Marvin Jones coming back and, and uh, you know, baby Megatron um, in uh, Kenny Galladay. So, I, I mean, the lions are all right, but I think the lions with Daryl Bevel and Patricia, I think the offense is going to run through carry on as long as he can. I don't think Zenner or Amendola are going to be an issue. Another name I wanted to bring up very quickly was uh, Jesse James, who was a tight end coming over for the Steelers. He was behind Vance McDonald most of last year, but he did have, some signs. Um, not very excited about this. I just want to bring his name up because Eric Ebron never panned out uh, in Detroit, but I think that the Lions really wanted him to. <laughs> like, they kept trying. It just – he was hurt or he would drop passes or he just – it was fucking weird. I don't know how that never worked out. And then he goes to Indianapolis and just leads the league in touchdowns. Um, but, nonetheless, I just thought Jesse James could be kind of a very deep – uh, tight end option if you if you uh, are looking to stream guys on a week to week basis. So just a name to keep an eye on there. Very deep, <laughs> very yeah. very deep. Sure, just kind of, <laughs> uh, and I'm not even saying drafts. I'm just more yeah, of a yeah. just more of a, a filler, or you know, I mean, maybe he catches a little bit, or a guy gets hurt, or, or Stafford likes that position, whatever. Just I think they tried real hard with Ebron and it never worked out. So I just want to throw in the new name there in town. Let's move on to Dub. Bears, who bring in wide receiver Cordero Patterson from the Patriots. Uh, AKA multi back, AKA running back Cordero Patterson, AKA kick returner Cordero Patterson. <laughs> yeah, quarterback probably too, maybe a little free safety in high school. Yeah. Um, so uh, probably, probably a center fielder, I would imagine, too. Very tall, good speed. Um, nonetheless, comes over from the Patriots, two year deal, 10 million bucks. Um, I like this uh, signing quite a bit. I don't think he's going to be draftable, but I just a name to put out there in case the Bears actually take off like everybody thought they were going to last year. The big thing to talk about right now, without knowing too much about Jordan Howard, and again, some of these some of these free agency moves may happen by the time that this episode drops, and Jordan Howard may have a new house. He doesn't yet. Um, 
But Mike Davis, running back from Seattle, comes over to Chicago seemingly to replace Jordan Howard on a 10-year, $6 million deal. Uh, Curly, we'll start with you, of course. How do you feel about Jordan Howard's uh, longevity in Chicago? And how do you feel about Mike Davis? And uh, Daniel, we'll have you pick up with Tariq Cohen. Yep. Yeah, it seems like Howard's on his way out. You know, we we know last year that he, he just wasn't the right fit for that kind of offense. Um, so it's no surprise, no surprise at all. Um, it's important to remember the Bears don't have a first or a second round pick this year. Holy track. shit, either. I yeah. knew they didn't have yeah. a first. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so I don't unless they draft and this year's draft class for running backs is pretty slim, right? So I don't see them. Maybe they pick up a, a running back in the third and the or the fourth, but I don't think so. So it sounds like Jordan Howard is on his way out and Mike Davis is on his way in. Um, and you know, Mike Davis is a bit similar to Jordan Howard, but he was used actually uh, quite a bit on third downs last year by the Seahawks. So he can catch the ball much better than Jordan Howard, and he might be a, a much more fun gadget-type dude uh, for Nagy to play around with. So I don't know. Maybe Mike Davis, he could be a huge dude and uh, a nice little compliment to Tariq Cohen. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I definitely agree. Jordan Howard's undoubtedly on, on the way out. Um, but I think Mike Davis is – I mean, he is – to me, he's firmly back up running back territory. I think he will sp- – he will be – you know, he'll play a bit. Um, he's definitely, you know, potential at the goal line, especially, um, he might bolster some touchdowns, but I think he's going to have less of a role in my opinion than Jordan Howard did last year, which means I think it might be finally time to unleash Tariq Cohen in full force, uh, as, as I don't know if he's ever going to be a, you know, a, he just doesn't have the body to be a, you know, a total workhorse every down back. Mike Davis will get some run, but I think we're going to see a lot of Tariq Cohen this year. I think he's going to be used in a lot of situations. I'm, this is partially wishful thinking on my part because I'm looking at him as a possible keeper in our league of record. Um, but, uh, but he, I, I mean, you know, we've, we've seen what he can do when, when given a lot of run, uh, the speed is just, and the athleticism is, is almost unparalleled uh, from the running back position right now. Um, and I think, I think this, uh, I think this, the signing of Mike Davis and the ultimate uh, foreseeable release of, or trade of, uh, of Jordan Howard is, is going to, I think, mean good things for Tariq Cohen. And Mike Davis can catch the ball a little he bit. He can, yeah. Which, which, Jordan Howard can't and I think that was right, right I think that's that's ultimately ultimately the issue so I'm actually I'm bringing it up I'm bringing it up right now uh give me two seconds here yeah okay so receivings yeah it's just not getting it done Mike Davis I mean Mike Davis has uh less less overall numbers because he just hasn't had as much of a run but on a per game basis certainly more efficiency than uh Jordan Howard through the past game so I think that's what uh, Nagy is looking for there. So I, I like the signing. Uh, definitely Tariq Cohen is going to be the, the running back to draft in Chicago, and, and we'll see what, what ends up with uh, Jordan Howard. I think Jordan Howard is still a good running back. I think he's just a shitty um, fit for that offense. But Jordan Howard goes to a better position. Totally. Um, I could see myself drafting Jordan Howard as a player again. Uh, it was just very frustrating last year. Uh, let's move on here to the, the no longer ain'ts. Uh, bring in um, Latavius Murray and Jared Cook, which I definitely want to talk to. But more importantly, I want to mention that the Saints re-signed my dog, Will Lutz, kicking the field goals, kicking the PATs. I'm sure he could even knock a punter, uh, a punt down inside the red zone. Fourth, fourth, fifth round pick. 
for you this year? Well, what do you think? This year, with with all the with with all the running backs and my keeper potential, I, I think it's uh, it's probably smarter for me to wait on a kicker. So probably uh-huh. post twelfth yeah. round or so. But um, you know, it just you're gonna roster three this year. Well, you know, it's it's you know when you when you win the league with two kickers, it's hard to uh, hard to neglect the fact of how important they are in fantasy football. Yeah, that's all. I'm sure I'm sure it was the two kickers <laughs> that did it, not that you got Alvin Kamara in the fucking fifteenth round or whatever the hell it was. So Latavius Murray comes into town from Minnesota. Uh, he is the uh, new running back with your boy Alvin Kamara, which is going to be a fucking awesome. One-two punch, uh, Latavius Murray coming in to replace Mark Ingram, of course, a four-year, $14.4 million. Um, I like this move a lot. Uh, Daniel, why don't, you, why don't you start here? Um, Curly, you could follow up, and then I'll, I'll mention how, how much I enjoy this move here. Not that I hated Mark Ingram by any means. I just I actually really am bullish on Latavius Murray. Yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm not – to me, this is, this is a downgrade from – Mark Ingram, but that doesn't mean it's a downgrade for the team. I think this is just going to be open up things for Kamara to be a monster. Um, uh, I think I'm not a big fan of Latavius Murray. I think he's just in general, he's been the most like consistently mediocre running back over the past Never had a yards per carry higher than 4.13, but also no lower than 3.9. He's very consistent. Um, He's never done much in the way of receiving um, so he doesn't offer that much. Where he stood out, though, is in touchdowns. Yep. Um, he, since 2015, he's inexplicably second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns, My which man. is crazy. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and he's 10th among running backs in overall fantasy points during that span. So I don't think that he's going to be much right now in terms of – I mean, I think he's probably locked in for maybe eight, maximum maybe 12 touches per game behind Kamara. Um but, you know, the thing is, is because the offense, the Saints offense is so high powered and they score at such a high rate, I think that's enough to put him in the, the flex discussion, especially in non-PPR leagues. Um, but, uh, but for the most part, he's going to be nothing more than a handcuff. I think he'll be locked in as a running back one in the event of anything happening to Alvin Kamara. Um, but uh, overall, you know, I, don't, I, I, think, I think this benefits Kamara more than it benefits anybody else. That's my personal take on it. Hmm. I think I'm right in between both of your opinions. I think I'm uh, not as down as Daniel and not as high as Sky. Um, I think it's he's pretty much the same running back, but just a little a little less of a runner than Ingram, and you know a little less of a catcher than than Ingram as well. Um, but he's it's the same dude because the he's in a, he's in Mark Ingram's system now. He's in the Steelers running back system, so. So he's, I think, a little bit lesser of a talent, but he's in a great running back system. Um, I think he has huge upside if Kamara goes down. You know, he's going to be a, a, a top dude, obviously. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I think uh, I think he's definitely worth um, a good flex spot. Maybe you know, running back three uh, and a flex a flex guy for me. This that, year. That's what I'm saying. It's it's the it's the position. I think that he's. I think right. he can be Mark Ingram. We're going to see how good Mark Ingram actually is when he goes to Baltimore. And we're going to see how good Latavius Murray is, who's played in some shitty offenses and been pretty successful, actually. I believe he had 12 touchdowns with Oakland one year. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, know. I, you know, I mean, and, and obviously he, he, he did very well uh, filling in for Dalvin Cook during his injuries. So I really like the, the, the system, and, and it's more about the um, place that he's in versus Latavius Murray himself. I don't hate uh, – uh, Mark Ingram, but the big thing is, man, like Alvin Kamara is my dog, but if he does go down, 
Oh, yeah. Latavius Murray is going to win people leagues, and he's not getting drafted until the 10th round. So, yep. so it's just it's it's the name that I want people to like really understand. He's never been a future a featured back. He's not a sexy name per se, and he's not going to get drafted as such. But I want people to understand how important he could be. And and uh, I think um, Curly, you may have mentioned earlier um, that Carlos Hyde was potentially the most valuable um, handcuff. And maybe I'm incorrect there, but I thought that's handcuff. what I heard you say. I would. Uh, I would yep. I would say that Latavius Murray is is uh, by far the, the most valuable but, uh, handcuff with but he's his, got, his own. I don't value. think he's quali- Sorry, yeah, I, I, I don't think he qualifies as a handcuff though. Was Mark Ingram a handcuff last year? He was like a running back two, you know, running back two to three. Yeah, and, so, and, and not, so know, much, not so much. Of, I just don't see him not so a much handcuff. a full handcuff. I just like Latavius Murray right now is going right. in the eleventh round. Okay, that's going to increase for sure. But he's going in the 11th round right now as the as the running back 45, and let's see, Mark Ingram is going in the fourth round on Baltimore. So I just I don't know, man. I feel like you you get Kamara as a top five back, and you wait until the end of your draft, and you get um, Latavius Murray. You have the Saints backfield um, locked up, and I think you you can't go wrong there. Whereas in years past you would have to – last year was kind of weird with the uh, suspension, but you couldn't get Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara <clears throat> unless you were drafting both in the top five rounds, which is very, very risky, obviously. So I just – I really like the right. move. And a, a quick correction, I believe, uh, which I know you meant the Saints, but I think you said the Steelers backfield earlier. So just to be clear. Um, yeah, oh, it's, it, no word, uh, a verbal verbal typo. Um, but, yeah, anyway, I, I really like Latavius Murray. Um, let's switch gears here a little bit uh, to Jared Cook, another big signing for the – Saints at the tight end position. Um, Drew Brees hasn't really had a tight end. Uh, we're not counting Kobe Fleener. Sorry, folks. Um, since uh, Jimmy Graham in the heyday, of course, uh, Jared, Cook, Jared Cook, excuse me, is extremely athletic, obviously. Um, he's, he's had an up-and-down career with, uh, uh, you know, shitty quarterbacks. But, um, I mean, outside of uh, Rodgers, I believe, right? He played on uh, Green Bay for a year. But nonetheless, I, I think this is a great spot for him um, and just another weapon for uh, Drew Brees. Is there any reason you guys aren't super stoked on this, for, especially at the tight end position, I guess, in fantasy? Yeah. Super, super stoked on this, actually. Yeah, I think, I think it adds another high-quality tight end in a good situation, which there just simply aren't that many of anymore. Um, so, so that's – yeah, I'm a huge – I think it's a great fit. Target Jared Cook in your fantasy drafts. Curly? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Awesome. Okay, cool. I was just double-checking. I was like, he did play with Rodgers, right? Yes, he did. He started his, uh, he started his career with, yeah. with Tennessee, <laughs> and then he went to the Rams, and he did have one year with Rodgers, um, which was subpar, but right. we kind of know how that was. I believe Rodgers was hurt that year anyway. And then he went to Oakland for two years. But last year, man, 100 targets, 68 catches. Uh, almost 900 yards and six touchdowns in a fucking pathetic offense um, in Oakland. So I actually really like the Jared Cook uh, signing. And, and it looks like my boy Cameron Meredith took a pay cut uh, so that uh, they can make sure to bring in some other, <laughs> some other offensive options. So um, shouts to him for being a good clubhouse guy. Let's move on here. We've got a couple, a couple names left. Uh, we will stay in the uh, NFC South, and we'll go with the Panthers. They didn't really bring anybody in, which I was really surprised, actually. Um, they didn't bring anybody in to help at the quarterback position, which actually concerns me that they're just going to throw Cam back out there once again when he's fucking hurt, and uh, he's, he's going to be destroyed, in my opinion, but we'll get to that later. Um, they did bring in Bruce Irvin to help the defense, which I kind of like uh, from the Raiders and Falcons, but they also bring in Matt. Uh, I think it's Paradis. 
Do you know that you guys know? I want to say paradise, but it's not. Um, Although that would be, that would be amazing. Anyway, he's the center that came. Paradis. Sure, we'll go with that. Uh, Paradis. Anyway, he comes over from the Broncos and again, not a fantasy uh, relevant player. However, he was viewed as the top center in free agency. Um, he's coming off a broken ankle, but uh, I think that this is huge for Cam Newton. Um, Ryan Khalil retired, and Cam Newton needs all the protection they could possibly get. So I, th- I thought the Panthers did a good job getting the second best option there. Moving on to the Falcons, who also didn't really bring anybody in. Um, I sent you guys a text the other day, and I was like running these notes, and I was like, "Am I correct that the Falcons literally didn't bring anybody in via trade or, or free agency so far? And all these other teams have three, four, five, six options." Sure enough, at the time, they had not, but they did uh, re-sign um, Justin Hardy, who has been kind of a perennial uh, perennial wide receiver four on his own team. So I'm not excited about that. He's more of a special teams guy, but just a, a Falcons note um, there. Dream, dream big, Falcons. Dream big, Falcons. Dream big. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, and that's, uh, let's move on to the Bucks. Uh, Peyton Barber, anyone want to uh, poke that horse? No. I don't want to talk about Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber's <laughs> terrible. I don't know what the why the fuck this guy keeps getting starting running back jobs. I don't know. I mean, he's, presumably he's going to start. I, I know that I don't. I get the sense that they don't think highly of Ronald Jones. I don't really know what to I, think about him right now. I, 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 you know, he may not even be on the team. I was going to say, um, is, is the reason that Peyton Barber still has work is because Ronald Jones is horrible? Or I don't know. I, they think that well, for whatever reason, they seem to like Peyton Barber. Not entirely. Well, clear. Bruce Arians is coming in, and supposedly Bruce Arians, he likes his bigger running backs. So Rajo, you know, he's not he's not really a, a big young guy. Uh, and Peyton Barber, uh, Peyton Barber, you know, what is he like five five eleven? Oh, he's like almost six feet tall, two twenty five or something. So so Peyton, maybe maybe uh, Peyton Barber will be a filler there for this year or half you know half of the season while they draft a young big guy that Bruce Arians really likes. It's hard to say. Whatever. I mean, James Winston's going to throw like a 50 passes a game in my opinion on my team. I don't I don't think whoever's running the ball over there, I don't think is going to have that big of a role to be honest. Yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think there's much to much to talk about here. I was actually just looking up uh really quickly, let me stall for two more seconds. I'm looking up the player comps. Uh Peyton Barber is 5'11" 225 and Ronald Jones is 5'11" 208. So really they're similar so Jones isn't that Jones isn't that small. No, he's not, and he's he's solid, man. I mean, he, you know, he got a shitty rap last year. I think Ronald Jones' big thing is that he he had a shitty combine, and then he had a bad preseason, then he couldn't catch the fucking ball, and blah blah blah. He got thrown in the doghouse early. The Bucks didn't run the ball at all last year, so he never really got a chance. I'm not like batting for him per se, but I think it was a shitty like evaluation period for him. Um, dude, he's 21 years old. Like he'll he'll be 22 when the, when the season starts, and he was a starting running back at USC, who has a number of Hall of Fame running backs in their in their corridor. Uh, you know, Marcus Allen, OJ Simpson, uh, Reggie Bush isn't a Hall of Famer, but you know, just those type of caliber running backs. Um, Lendale White, of course, if you remember him. Um, anyway, I, I think that Ronald Jones could have a chance, and I do like Bruce Arians coming in. This could be another one of those patchwork situations where. Ronald Jones isn't ready yet. And Peyton Barber could just kind of be the like coddle him along a little bit until Rojo finds his feet. I don't know. That's it. That's, that's the only explanation I can see here, which I actually kind of like if that's the case, but I think Daniel's right, man. I mean, the bucks are going to throw the ball 50 times a game, run the ball 15 times a game. And it's going to be very, 
tough for anybody to have fantasy value if, if that's going to be the touch count in Tampa Bay like it was last year. Yeah. We'll move on to our last division here, the NFC West. We'll move on with the, uh, the Super Bowl runner-ups, the Rams, um, who actually made some great <laughs> – the Rams fucking reloaded, dude. It was incredible. Um, they, I thought, did really, really well in the, in the uh, free agency, um, bringing in some great defensive moves. But um, on offense, there's not much to talk about. I just – you know, we can make – if anybody has a joke about Blake Bortles, now would be the time to revisit that. <laughs> otherwise, uh, otherwise, I want to bring up – right. I want to bring up a, cup, um, a couple points about Malcolm Brown coming back as the backup running back to uh, Todd Gurley. So Malcolm Brown, of course, last year was the number two before CJ Anderson, Malcolm Brown broke his collarbone and was done for the season. Um, Obviously Todd Gurley was hurt as we predicted here on the podcast about halfway through the season. Turns out he was hurt. He's got arthritis in his knee, which is not good at all. Um, We'll get into Todd Gurley deeper as the season comes along, but Malcolm Brown, I think, showed a lot of promise last year, and a, a broken collarbone's brutal, but it's not a lower body injury. Um, so I'm not super right. worried about it as far as a running back goes. Um, my question to you guys is, are you worried about Todd Gurley? Not like playing time, obviously. If he's healthy, he's going to be Todd Gurley, whatever. C.J. Anderson's still a free agent as of this podcast. If he bounces, <laughs> Malcolm Brown is the backup. We saw what C.J. Anderson was able to do when Gurley didn't play. If Gurley gets hurt, Malcolm Brown becomes that guy. He's another dude who is totally off everybody's radar, but could potentially be a league winner if Gurley actually goes down and Malcolm Brown's the second guy. I was just kind of curious how, what your guys' temperature is right now in you know early spring on on Todd Gurley yeah. and, and the news coming out after the Super Bowl of us on the podcast predicting the whole time that he was definitely hurt and the Rams and everybody else being like, no, no, no. And sure enough, yeah, he is. Well, He's got arthritis and all this shit. How you guys feeling about that? As, as much as I would love to claim that, that we predicted that, I'm pretty sure everybody in the country who wasn't basically the coaching staff of the Rams knew that Todd Gurley yeah, was fair, fair, fair enough, uh, fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I, you know, I think Mal- I, love, I, I love this signing. I think we'll see again, you know, there's a wait and see because I still, for some reason, I got to have this inkling that they're going to re-sign CJ. They Anderson. fucking we'll should. <laughs> uh, if that's the case, then, then you know, we can, we can just <laughs> put the, the kibosh on this whole conversation. But I think, um, I think Malcolm Brown, even if, even if Gurley – plays i get the sense that they're not going to run him the same way that they did this past year that's my sense i I agree i think i think that malcolm brown could come into some value even if Gurley uh plays given how high powered that offense is um and and so you know i don't i I am worried about todd Gurley. i'm worried about his knee i have him ranked behind saquon and ezekiel elliott for that reason um, and, uh, and so I think that whoever is going to be the primary backup to Gurley, I think could end up coming into some real value this year. Um, so Malcolm, Malcolm Brown is definitely the name or a name I should say to keep an eye on right now. Curly, I know it, I yeah, know it, yeah. I know it's early Curly, but what, where do you have uh, Gurley roughly in your running back rankings right now? Man, I, I think I can't, I can't put him any higher than five wow. because I agree. I, I don't – he's not going to be the same guy. He's not going to be the workhorse. Why Why would they feed him the ball the first half of the season? You know they're going to make the playoffs. I mean – Playoffs? It, they're, they, they're, they're, they're the favorite to slip into the playoffs for sure unless, you know, all hell breaks loose. But Watch out for the Niners, baby. I, I think 
I think they're going to have a bit of a committee. I think whether it be CJ Anderson off of his couch or the, the pizza hut or wherever he hangs out while he's waiting for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, no disrespect, you know, he had a little bit of a belly, but he did great uh, filling in. He's thick. Um, but yeah. yeah, whoever the backup is, I'm for sure grabbing and I'm not I'm not drafting girly at all this year. Um, it's so crazy. Like think especially thinking about starting up our dynasty league. Could you imagine having girly last year and then all of a sudden this offseason? God, I, it's so, it'd be so stressful having dynasty leagues and and all this stuff. It's crazy how fast things change. So but, so yeah. it's safe to say, curly, you have what girly is. Let's, let's just call him your running back five. See what, what got what Zeke Barkley, Alvin Kamara and what Christian McCaffrey. Top four? Uh, I'm, I might I might have to be putting Connor at oh, four. Um, I, I think people – I think people – well, I don't understand why people keep saying Connor got, like, tired towards the second half of the season. I think they forgot he got a concussion. Yeah. And, like, it was just, like, a really weird you – know, like, he was cruising. Like, he was dominating. Um, and then all of a sudden he got, like, this concussion and everything was just kind of weird after that. And there was so much drama and – Everything was weird with the Steelers last year. So I don't know. I, I don't think he got tired. I think it was the concussion issue. And I just think – I think Connor is going to just work out. I, God, he's going to be huge. He's going to work out. He's going to be dominating. I think he's going he's gonna to be on fire wow. uh, this year. I think he's – I'm pretty big on Connor, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. We'll okay, see. I have uh, – just last point on Gurley. I actually have him as my uh, running back number six right now. Uh, right sure. now I have Zeke. Uh, Saquon, Alvin Kamara, CMC, and uh, Melvin Gordon as my top five. And then I have Gurley at number six with Chubb and Mixon and Lev, uh, David Johnson, Dalvin Cook following up. Um, I'm also concerned. I'm definitely concerned. Uh, I, I think he's, he's because of the work that they may give him to start the season, I'm a little worried that, like, McVay has gotten this reputation of shutting his guys down at the end of the year to save her for playoffs, which worked this year. Um, and last year as well. I almost worry that, like, they might go the other way this year and just fucking run Gurley's ass out. And if they do that, he's not going to last a whole season. And I'm worried that it's going to have long-term effects. And maybe we're thinking way too far into this, but I, I am concerned, man. We've seen a lot of very, very promising young running backs at the at the height of their career have something go down and it just fucking derail their whole shit. And, you know, in the NFL, man, there's another young buck right behind them who could be just as good in that offense. I'm not saying Gurley's a slum, but, you know, it just – it could be very interesting, especially if they bring back C.J. Anderson, which I think is a must for um, L.A. personally. But uh, that's that's going to be interesting. We'll revisit that as we go uh, through. But I think Ma Malcolm Brown is a name to uh, keep on everybody's radar, especially if you're in a dynasty league and you have Gurley, <laughs> you best go pick up you – know, Pause the podcast right now and go fucking pick up Malcolm Brown, who is definitely unowned, and go scoop him on your waivers right now. Um, no, uh, no Blake Bortles jokes. Did we get all those in last time? I, I feel like I've exhausted all my Bortles jokes. Hopefully, hopefully he actually gets a chance to play a little bit this year, and then I'll have some new Bortles jokes to tell. I, I'm rooting for the guy. I think he might he might be able to recover a career in a couple of years. You know, maybe if he has a real coach and a good system to learn from, you know, he might be something later on. Nah. I'm rooting for the guy. Nah. Question for you. Who gets, who gets a Super Bowl ring first, Blake Bortles or Aaron Rodgers? R uh, Rodgers for sure. No. Yeah. Bortles getting a ring. 
Oh, I, 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 yeah, you tricked me a little bit there. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, I'd go, I'd go, uh, I'd go Bortles. That's pretty funny. I honestly, I think Blake Bortles has a better chance to get a Super Bowl ring before Tom Brady gets another one. Sure, why not? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's let's move on here. We got two more teams left. Uh, the Seahawks. Um, mostly just defense and special teams moves. Uh, they do bring uh, Mikey Potty in f- uh, from the Cardinals, which I thought was a good move at the guard position. A couple uh, re-signs on the defense, and they bring back kicker Jason Myers, but we don't need to talk too much about the Seahawks. Um, there's been a lot of Seahawk uh, pros and cons on this podcast, Daniel specifically. Um, do you want to talk about anything on the offseason? It's not a free agency thing. But I wanted to just test the waters with you on Doug. Um, I must call him Doug Martin. Uh, Might as well. Yeah, Doug Baldwin, <laughs> uh, aka the other Doug Martin. Um, he 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 straight up came out and after last year saying that he wasn't healthy, being truthful, which you know kudos to him for being truthful, but admitting that he wasn't healthy all of last year, came out already this offseason saying once again he is not healthy and he still needs. Surgeries. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I was just looking, I'm, I'm looking at his Roto World thing right now, and it's just the top news items. Doug Baldwin has more surgeries scheduled for this offseason. Jesus Christ. So just like, I, just that as a headline. Like, oh yeah, I got a bunch of surgeries coming up. Like, that's, that's, that's <laughs> terrifying. He already had knee and shoulder surgeries at, right when the season ended, right? Now he's, I guess he need, might need a sports hernia procedure or something to fix, fix yet another thing that he dealt with throughout 2018. Yeah, man. Uh, no, stay away. Stay far away. If you're going to own a receiver on Seattle, I do like Tyler Lockett. Um, but, uh, but Baldwin is a freaking mess, and I would go nowhere near him at this point, unfortunately. Which is too bad. Do you think I, like th- him. I like him as a talent. I think he's, he was, for a number of years, a really consistent uh, – kind of like one of these guys that was perennially under the radar yet put up you know, wide receiver one numbers pretty consistently. Do you think this hurts your boy, Russie Will? Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, let me, let's, let's wait and see what happens over the course of the off season for them. It's possible that, um, you know, they still have, uh, like I said, the aforementioned Tyler Lockett. Um, I think David Moore is kind of interesting. I think he could be in for a bigger role this upcoming year. It's possible that, uh, what's the, the tight ends name that uh, Disley, it's possible he comes back and, and yeah, we'll ends up putting in some value. Um, you know, he got kind of, very, he had a. He might, remember that monstrous week one that he had, and everyone like lost their shit, and then he got hurt, and that was kind of the end. But um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think, uh, you know, I think Russell Wilson pretty much stays where he is. Um, he's shown that he can put up, you know, still put up quarterback one numbers last year without pretty much Doug Baldwin for most of the year because he really wasn't a factor. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I, I agree that, you know, you shouldn't overdraft Russell Wilson, but that doesn't mean that he's, he's not a, a solid QB one. Got it. Cool. Let's move on to the Cardinals here. Um, the Cardinals, uh, signed Kevin White, um, who, uh, he hasn't really had a chance, man. He's, he's, I think he's broken his leg twice, uh, in the NFL so far. Um, lots of hype coming out of college. Um, lots of hype pretty much at the beginning of each season. And then he gets hurt in the preseason, the off season, or within the first couple games. Um, he moves into Arizona now from the bears and uh, Arizona looking to have a revamped offense with uh, cliff Kingsbury coming over from uh, Texas tech, I believe. Um, does this move the radar at all with you guys, assuming 
that they go with the Kyler Murray or another high profile rookie quarterback and get rid of Josh Rosen. Um, Larry Fitz is not the answer as much as I love him as a person and a player. I think he's a, a low tier reception guy only at this point. And I like Christian Kirk a lot, but um, does Kevin White at all move the needle? He's kind of the only person to talk about for the Cardinals here. Well, he's got a lot of talent. I mean, he was like, what, a, yeah. a eighth, eighth or he was like a top 10 overall pick um, a few seasons ago. So in the first round. Uh, so he's, he's definitely got the talent, but yeah, like you say, he's got the injuries. So we'll see. And yeah, we, we don't know what the QB situation is over there, over here in Arizona, uh, ugh, the red zone. Um, so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's your local, it's your local team, bro. You got to support the team. Yeah. Not, I'm not a big, big Cardinals fan. I'm not a big Cardinals fan. Yeah. I, I've even, even on a, you know, thoroughly rebuilding Cardinals team. I, I don't think Kevin White's a lock to even make the team. To be honest. I, 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 I put his odds relatively low. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't think this moves the needles even. If Fair enough. Curly, just to be clear, he was the number seven overall pick uh, out of West Virginia in 2015 to the bears. Let's move on to our last team here. And actually the Niners made a shit ton of moves uh, in the, in the off season, which was good to see them, uh, you know, just at least, trying here so we'll end uh we'll end on the Niners um they trade for linebacker D Ford from the Chiefs for a, a 2020 second round pick which I like a lot if he's healthy um another big signing was Kawan Alexander linebacker from the Bucks on a four-year deal if he's healthy um I like the the, the defense um rebuilding uh for the Niners for sure on the offensive side of the ball I think the biggest name to talk about in fantasy is is the signing of Tevin Coleman which is cool on paper, but I'm not excited as I wanted to be about this move. He comes in from the Falcons, of course, after years behind Devonta Freeman um, on a two-year, $10 million deal. And, like, is Jarek McKinnon about to leave town or what? Yep. Seems like it. Either – it it sounds like they're trying to trade away either McKinnon or Rita. So whoever they can trade away – Don't trade Rita. God damn it. Well, it, 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 they're pretty much they're, – they're very similar backs. So it's not really up to I them. Know. It's just whoever wants – to trade with them so yeah it, I, I love the Tevin Coleman grab I mean it's it's a it's a very smart move you know Coleman had a very underwhelming season last year when um when uh, uh Deontay went down and everybody thought Tevin Coleman was going to be like a number one back all of a sudden and he really he, he didn't produce and I don't think it was very reflective of his talent I think it was more so just you know the Atlanta system the offense the play calling um, you know, it hasn't been great the past couple of years, uh, especially since Shanahan has left. They've been struggling on, on offense. So Shanahan knows this guy. I think they got a steal. They got a, a bargain for this guy, for Coleman. Um, it's really freaking depressing and annoying for fantasy purposes because this is one of the most fantasy-friendly backfields. But now it's, yep. it's, just, it's just super crowded. Not anymore. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so crowded now. So I guess you can just, you know, draft every running back. Um in that backfield on your team and just keep your fingers crossed that one of them gets hurt and one of them will be the bell cow. But yeah, it's, an they also, it's sad. They also uh, re re-signed Raheem Mostert, who was awesome in a couple of games before he literally broke his arm fucking in half. They have four running. Um, they have four good running backs. Yeah. One of them, one of them, one of them's got to go. I mean, as of, right. as of right now, this seems like an untenable situation. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is, loves his committees and I think, you know, 
considering the receiving core is is on the whole relatively weak, I, you know, I don't think it's a bad move to to have you know a number of running backs that are that are being used. But I think you know, I, sp- I it seems like McKinnon, given his contract and uncertain injury issues and things along the lines, it seems like he's going to be the one to go. But we'll see. I think I think this is one of those kind of wait and see situations. Fun fact about Tevin Coleman, though, he's one of only five players in the entire NFL over the past three seasons who has scored eight or more touchdowns from scrimmage in each of the past three seasons. There's only four other guys Jeez. that have done that. Um, and that's Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Zeke Elliott, and Melvin Gordon. Um, so he's in some pretty – Which is elite company. I was say, that's, sure. that's not bad company, right? And Coleman's best season, his most efficient season, was in 2016 under Shanahan when he scored oh, 11 yeah. touchdowns. Um, so, so, you know, he's, he's, I think in a really good spot to, to, for some serious production, but again, it's just going to be interesting to see how that shakes down. I think Brita is hurt significantly by the signing. I think even if they get rid of McKinnon, my sense is that Brita's hurt a bit by this signing. Um, they also still have Kyle Juszczyk sitting around in, uh, in case, lest you forgot right. as a, as a potential PPR back. So they got a ton of shit going on, which is, this is just a wait and see a situation. I think right now, if they did nothing, I think both Coleman and McKinnon are kind of flexish um, with, with one of them, maybe, uh, you know, moving up to running back two value. I think Brita right now is not even draftable. Um, but I think, but I, that's a, that could totally change in an instant if, if they make another with all of these guys, except for maybe Tevin Coleman having significant injury history, I think it, it would be a weird roster move, but for them to keep all four running backs plus use checks, so four and a half running backs on their roster till midseason, they could probably ship off one or two of these guys, depending on their production for, you know, a quality filling fill in position at the, at the trade deadline or something right. like that. That might be a move as well. Right. Um, I also, I think everybody likes Tevin Coleman here because of Shanahan. I think that's a great point, Daniel, and, and uh, what he was able to do in Atlanta with Shanahan as his coach. So Tevin Coleman's not in San Francisco on accident. Um, but I think, you know, there's a ton of hype in McKinnon last year, obviously didn't pan out. Brita kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, we follow the team and I didn't know much about Brita until last year. He did very well and he was hurt the whole season and he still played very well. Uh, Raheem Mozart played very well as well. Um, so uh, they also have uh, Jeff Wilson, um, you know, last year in the mix. So I, I think, you know, there's a lot going on here, but the 49ers certainly have options. They also brought in uh, cornerback Jason Verrett and uh, defensive back Jimmy Ward. Before we get out of here, do you guys have any last just kind of general thoughts or anything we missed potentially on free agency or any of the trades or anything um, from this offseason with a handful more uh, pending? Browns and Packers, baby. I think they were a big – I think they were two big winners. Obviously, the Browns were a big winner, but um, I think the Packers quietly uh, got a lot of uh, a lot of missing pieces – on defense and offense. So, um, man, Rogers, Rogers, I I think you can get a little bit of a bargain for him this year. I I think uh, I want to give a, give my official uh, hashtag go jets statement. (laughs) I I am, I am all on the, I think they're going to be the sleeper team this year. I think they're going to, I think as much as I don't love the big Lev Bell signing from a kind of a economics of football 
perspective, I think um, I think there's no doubt that he makes them a shit ton better this year. Um, I like the Jamison Crowder signing. I think Sam Darnold takes a big step forward, um, and I think that they they have the potential to be really interesting. They also made um, at least a little bit of uh, of uh, defensive upgrade. C.J. Mosley. Um, so so but did they, they? But did they upgrade a coach though? At head coach, <laughs> that's a big question. <laughs> I, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what to think of Adam Gase. He's he's a weirdo. I mean, he's had, he's been like really, you know, done some really interesting and successful things in some regards, and has done some really weird, inexplicable, dumb things in others. So I don't totally know what to make of it. But I think the talent's there. I think they have youth on their side, um, and and I think that they're my just like kind of you guys have, have been bigging up the Browns, and I'm on that train fully. Um, but I think the Jets are, are, are the, another one of the quiet winners of, of this year's offseason so far, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. And actually, <clears throat> I think one of the better under-the-radar trades that happened in the offseason was them grabbing left guard Calicio Simile from the Raiders for a fifth-round pick. So they didn't give up shit, I don't think. Uh, and, you know, Simile's not amazing, but he's definitely a, a good fill. And, frankly, they just need to have – I mean, he's huge is what it comes down to, and he's a guard. So he'll be in the middle, and he'll be able to protect um, Darnold and potentially uh, add some girth up there for Lev Bell, too. So, Daniel, I don't hate it, man. I, I believe last year you were on the Colts train, and that certainly got you into the playoffs. Um, I'm going to have to give some more thought on my my sleeper teams in general, maybe a team that uh, you know is kind of the dark horse at this point. But I'll have to give a little more thought um, – on that but I, I i like it man i don't i don't hate the jets and i i think it's been uh, it's been a long time for the uh new york side to root for the jets over the giants and i think that time is now because jets are trending up and the giants are trending say, not i'm pretty up. sure so. <laughs> i'm pretty sure the jets don't have to eclipse a particularly high mark to be the team to root for over the giants but uh you know i think i think uh you know the, the, Comparisons aside, the Jets may have a, a real shot at, at sneaking into the playoffs this year. I love it. Well, that was a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys jumping on for the two marathon episodes. Again, listeners, make sure you tune back an episode and uh, listen to our AFC rundown as well as the overall rundown. Before we get out of here, I want to make a quick reminder announcement about our open intern positions here at TCK Pod. We're looking for interns to join us here at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. And if you're interested, please send us an email to tckpod at gmail.com or a DM on Instagram and let us know what you can bring to the team. We're seeking content creators, a social media coordinator, podcast co-hosts, and guests to join Daniel Curley and myself. A podcast producer, well-equipped with audio and editing experience and hoping for some potential video enhancements, including a YouTube channel in 2019. If this sounds like something you would be interested in, please get at us immediately. And as of now, these are not paid positions, but our goal is to grow to a point where we can accommodate and compensate appropriately eventually. Until then, we are counting on the support and teamwork of our listeners and community. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us your fantasy questions heading into 2019 to tckpod at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Facebook and use the hashtag tckpod and check those out for previous posts if you would like to. 
If you found any value in this podcast, please give us a like and a follow. We would much appreciate it. It would mean the world to us and make the most of the rest of your day. And we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Daniel Sancato and Ryan Curley-Para, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.